Hello, welcome to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back to discuss another episode of Vikings. This is season one, episode eight, entitled Sacrifice. The very unironic penultimate episode of the season, written by Michael Hurst, of course, and directed by Ken Garati. I gave this episode an eight out of 10. This was a more of a smoldering episode. It put a lot of things into play. We finally got the reveal of King Horik. We now know that the Vikings do answer to a hierarchy, which is something I may or may not have hinted at in previous uh, podcasts. But this primarily focused on the customs of the vikings particularly their their uh pilgrimage to the temple at Uppsala, and what exactly that means to celebrate which i believe that it was the great rite of the asir and veneer so this was not only just a pilgrimage but one of the highly celebrated decorated type of festivals that many around the kingdom go to and for athelstan it's a good thing that he's holding on to his christian faith amen to that shit before we do jump into the uh review wherever you're listening to this podcast stitcher apple Podcasts, podbean amazon and wherever else you get good podcasts go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review very much appreciated my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe and if you want to send feedback on vikings or any of the shows that i do such as barry house of dragon uh umbrella academy we're still doing and many others you can send that feedback to blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below on said podcast so as stated we primarily are in one location which is the temple at Uppsala we do start off in Kattegat we see there is some tension between the happy couple due to the fact that unfortunately she has miscarried and now some time has passed they are unable to conceive another son and with all of the success uh, piling up in ragnar's head of course he cannot understand why the gods have chosen to bless him so with with power and yet he is not being given the gift of life in the form of children as he so desperately desires and he believes that the seer his faith is very strong here has predicted that he will have many sons actually he told him exactly how many sons that he would have and so he is starting to wonder if lagatha is not the one to give him children then who is of course this affects lagatha quite a bit because she wants her husband not to stray from her but she also understands in their culture that there is an expectation and monogamy is not one of them i like big butts and i cannot lie you other brothers can't deny 
so of course she takes this inwardly and she goes to pray to freya and offers up you know her body do what you want with me but bear let me bear him a son and while we may as independent women in the 21st century uh take take a a front at this clear um disregard for her own person just to be able to to provide a son this one on a on a much sadder note because on one hand we know that lagatha is more than capable she is not one to take no shit she uh very much loves ragnar so you know that her desire to come give him a son is not just those um as we see at the dinner table when she's wanting him to stay uh and not go out and he does that she is feeling a a strain in their marriage because they do and have had a loving monogamous relationship but she does feel that 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 expectation from the seer is something that she also believes in so with her not being able to produce said children those are thoughts at the back of her mind too so it's just not a one-sided type of uh belief system in and what they are meant to do like they know they're at a crisis point and both of them are considering what this means going forward and i think that right now ragnar is straying from the nest ghost ride the whip ghost ride the whip ghost ride the whip ghost ride the whip he is not the only one but the difference being ragnar seems to continue his mind on business and that business not only at the temple involves the great festival it also involves him pledging his fealty to king horik who we meet uh initially playing a trick on the on the temple's priests and they go to attack him with a with a branch and they're like do you not know who this is this is your king but he's acting like a child so i'll put a whooping on their ass so fast boy ragnar's name has become known and popular many people credit him with being the first to and he truly was the first that had the uh initiative right uh, he built the boat he found the boat maker he pushed for it um and thus he is known to the one who has opened us up to the west and everyone is interested in this new enterprise but does it enterprise i meant enterprise <laughs> however there's still home beef to take care of and that home beef is in the form of y'all borg y'all borg believes that some lands that the king believes belong to him is his and thus they seem to be gearing up towards a mutual battle a civil war so to speak so ragnar being who he is in a neutral party 
has been tasked with going on behalf of king horik to parlay with Yalborg to discuss a possible peace treaty to settle this difference and while ragnar isn't too keen to play a diplomat for his king he really doesn't have a choice in the matter so we're starting to get the politics of it all and this is something that ragnar has not had to deal with right so this is a new a new circumstance that he finds himself in as well which adds to the stress the mental anxiety that he's going through because all he wants to do is all he really wanted to do was go to the west and and uh <laughs> raid a pillage there so that we are not uh left broke and then this whole thing with the earl made him earl and now now he's being made to to essentially be a bitch boy for the king and this is not a conflict he's interested in or has any stakes in and while ragnar does go out into the festival instead of staying home with his family he doesn't actually partake in said festivities he doesn't go out with a woman he doesn't uh seem to drink he seems to just have a lot on his mind but one of those things happens to be the sacrifice required of every household is how i was reading this but it definitely seems to be if not every household the earl's household to make a honorary sacrifice in this particular rite of passage rite of ceremony whatever case you want to want to reconcile those words because there's eight of everything that is offered eight animals eight sheep eight this eight that and there's one pen and athelstan is a christian from what from what ragnar has ascertained however he is wearing the garb of pagans and he was asked by ragnar in the scene that they had together if he still believed in his christian faith and he denounced it for the most part and thus in ragnar's mind this is a great honor this is something that he wants to bestow upon athelstan because he thinks that this is something that uh speaks highly of him in regards to athelstan so i know as fucked up as that sounds that is the thought process behind this and i do mention faith for a reason because at this time in history we are seeing all the events unfolding due to not only predictions from the seer but prophecies and this idea like they're fully immersed in their culture and they're reading they're pulling from that uh that's influencing the decisions in their in their lives right so that is how 
ragnar is thinking about this but he's also i think for the first time really because he makes a comment to him later on when it is determined that athelstan is in fact still a christian despite what he says uh despite with him uh hearing the norse stories and and living amongst the norsemen he's not converted which that's to be expected right you just don't doesn't matter how long you live with someone over a time you know it's going to take a while for you to give up everything that you believe before if ever um but athelson is not aware of what is being what he is being um pretty much honored (laughs) for he has no idea and you see ragnar struggling this episode with telling him because while he sees it as an honor he can see his friend not seeing it as an honor and that would be that could cause a rift in said friendship so he also puts a little bit of distance between himself and athelstan uh athelstan is brought to the temple and is questioned three times if he still is a christian he denounces his faith three times however his cross is found and he is uh no good to be sacrificed because they do not sacrifice christians this is a part of once again their faith and culture so you need to believe in it for it to even be the honor that it is pray for me this leads to a bit of a problem because now they are one short to be sacrificed of the eight men with the other animals and this of this could spell doom the prophecy is that and thus one person in the household must volunteer to be sacrificed floki my man he stood up so quick i volunteer as tribute but helga puts him down like no no not you not you and that's enough to convince him otherwise and it's leif who decides to sacrifice himself he says it would be a great honor and we lose a very great warrior right after the loss of his father not too many episodes ago but i must say there was a comfort in his peace there was a comfort in his acceptance because it doesn't feel like a cruelty whereas you see sacrifice in a lot of other cultures such as the aztecs and it wasn't a peaceful thing it was it was pretty graphic no one went willingly (laughs) so there there is a there is a restraint to it that makes it all rather voluntarily uh we do see leif being cut open with his blood being drained and everything is hung upside down with that big ass fucking sword they really had some 
bomb ass music playing during it though i was very riveted i think the thing that he said to athelstan is i think it's a good thing your god spared you or something to that effect i'm not sure if i mentioned it but it's not that the vikings unlike the other christian faiths they believe in a singular god whereas and everything else is heresy vikings believe in their gods but they also acknowledge that other gods can exist they just think that their gods have bigger dicks than the other gods so when he makes that commentary to him it is like oh well your your christian god saved you in this particular uh case in a way that my god wouldn't it's just interesting it's an interesting um what goes on between these two men which is why i ship the fuck out of them but i will go down with this shit and i won't put up my hands up and surrender because it's not it's very rare to have such a mutual uh, in this particular world to have such a mutual and we've seen on the flip side of that for a christian and a pagan because we've seen the other side of that even in vikings valhalla there now that the christian is the more domineering and dominant you see the flip side of that in a way you see them uh having their faith being this particular faith we are seeing that is more celebrated being condemned the other story arc to talk about is rollo who for the most part is going around with a chip on his shoulder still about the success of his brother he is sleeping with other women he's taking drugs those mushrooms they gave fucking athelston some mushrooms man tomorrow you want some of this i got something for you i am so high i can hear ever he was tripping balls all over the place ran into ragnar he also got uh taken into the tent by siggy's daughter she didn't take his virginity she was just being kind to him like you poor thing this your first festival (laughs) i know i keep forgetting her name too i know it, it may have seemed like it was implied that they they got a little got a little theory is that her name yeah they got a little uh frisky but nothing happened i'll just square that up right now but that is pretty much how it goes with uh siggy chiding him being like you know he's like look i'm gonna be a great man one day i'm gonna have this that and the other thing and it's gonna be down to you if you get pissed off because i sleep with other women i'm still gonna raise you up as i as i move up but she's like uh that's all good and fine except you ain't raising shit it's official you suck recall the last words he said to her to get her to stay and be under his protection was the fact that and i think that's what he wanted he wanted a trophy he wanted a trophy an earl's wife is a trophy i can't be an earl so i want an earl's wife so that one day i can be earl uh but i he doesn't mean to intend to take it from his brother he just intends for it to somehow happen and which is what she jumps in his ass about 
like i could have told you stuff and things i'm of benefit to you and you're not utilizing that your brother went and met with the king himself alone who was talked about as going to the west alone but sure you you seem to have things figured out then get your shit together get it all together and put it in a backpack all your shit so it's together and if you got to take it somewhere take it somewhere you know take it to the shit store and sell it or put it in a shit museum i don't care what you do you just got to get it together get your shit together so now he wants to go and intends to go with the party to to meet with y'all borg and i i just feel as if he's someone that is a frat boy right he goes out he can do what he needs to do he he he'll have your back when you need him to have your back but he he's doing with with jealousy and that jealousy is confining him to this idea or short-minding him in this idea that he must compete against his brother he doesn't need to compete against against his brother to be successful you could take your own expeditions to the west you can do things on your own and make moves on your own if that's what you wanted to do but you're not doing it and thus as you make those types of bitter commentaries about all that your brother has done and how you're not giving credit for this that and other don't be expected to be taken seriously if you don't take yourself seriously and that is going to be the conclusion of this review this week not too much uh, action wise going on but after the last few episodes that's expected and i i appreciated the contextualization of who these people are and not just what they've done we do have feedback let's hop into the mailbag What up, Cena? This is Mimi. This is feedback for Vikings episode 8 of season 1. I watched this last week and I had I've had some shit going on this weekend. Well, it was actually Sunday, which is really Monday morning. It's a lot and I don't even want to talk about it right now. Um, but I will let you know. It, it's so it's so much. <laughs> that it would make this uh, feedback like 30 minutes long. Um, So anyway, um, I didn't, I can't say that I like this episode a lot. It was kind of like, I know it was like building the world and it was showing us how important that um, ceremony is and how important, um, Cadigan? What is it? I forget what this, the pilgrimage or whatever it's called how important that is, uh, celebration that is, um, and what it entails, and I know we got, like, like a tiny little baby version of it in Valhalla, and you said it's way more, like, detailed and gruesome, and it was, and correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the, the guy at the end, the one that died, wasn't he an Erickson? 
I mean, he had a really dumbass haircut, but it seemed, uh, I just, I don't know, I, I, I don't know, maybe I missed it, because I, I really didn't like this, I felt like this episode was boring, most of it, like, my eyes glazed over, um, but how do they pick who built goals, because it didn't look like, like, I didn't even realize he was one of the people that were gonna be, one of the men, I should say, that be sacrificed until, um, I guess he got in the line and they slit his throat. Um, and then the other question I had, is it nine, like, female goats, male goats, nine of everything, like, nine men, nine women? Like, I, I didn't see any, any, anybody but men, but I know that little boy died in Valhalla, so, and that's what triggered the one guy to lose his damn mind. So is it nine children, nine women, nine men, or is it just nine human beings? So please clarify that for me. And there's no way I'm watching this episode again, so I'm not going to find out. So it's best you just tell me. Um, I will say that Appleton got a body under that that, that monk clothes. (laughs) I don't know when he denounced Christianity. Or, like, I know his book was done. It's like, has it really been that long? <laughs> or were books just not made to last? Like, I don't know what they used to write on. Like, I, I, I get, like, the the ink smearing off, but that book crumbled into dust when he pulled it out of his hiding place. Has it really been that long? <laughs> um, but, uh, Appleton, I guess he lost his virginity. I mean, he could do worse than What's-Her-Face's daughter. Iggy's, Ziggy, Ziggy. Iggy is from that, I don't want to talk about that show, but, or that character, but that's not who it was. Her name is Ziggy, I'm pretty sure. That was her daughter. Um, I don't know, she's not a virgin anymore, because she lost her virginity to that disgusting, red-faced, gross man, ugh, eating pickled herrings, this, ugh. Everything about that man was disgusting. I guess, you know, that is a come up with Appleton, even though he didn't know what he was doing. But that's good for her, because, I mean, you know, you take take charge. <laughs> I don't know if you've done it enough to know what you like, but hey, you got a, a man right there who don't know no better. Learn to practice and teach him. Anywho, I don't know if that was just a one and done, or if, like, if they're together now. <laughs> I'm assuming... Um, what the hell is this? Rolo had something to do with that. Unless it was Ziggy. I guess I don't know. I don't know if we're supposed to know that. Um, what was else? Oh, um, when, so I've just been thinking about, this is the only, like, interesting thing about this episode, episode was the fact that, um, Ragnar, you know, is giving his wife the cold shoulder. I, I realized that men, really thought women had like anything like pregnancy was women's responsibility like the sex of the child is the woman's fault you know like stillborn infant death like miscarriages all that stuff is women's fault I'm sure that's what they all think but but Ragnar kind of seems like he's being a dick to her and she lost a child too and I don't know if people I shouldn't say people men really understand that like 
it's it's a, it's something that I don't think like I know from just what Darren told me. He like he said he really didn't feel like he was a dad until he looked at Derek for the first time. He was there when Derek was born. I had a cesarean, so I didn't push him out of my vagina. But Darren saw him before I did, cause I was behind the curtain, and I even had to remind them like, "Hey, bitches, um, the incubator here would like to see what they produced. I grew that child. In case you forgot, can I see him, please?" like we're getting them cleaned off well everybody else got to see him dirty can i see him too he's mine um so darren saw him first and he said in that moment he like he really felt like he was a dad like seeing him for the first time holding him but any woman who's who's you know been pregnant i should say i can't speak for anybody else but i shouldn't say i should say as a woman that was pregnant as soon, I remember as soon as I felt him move for the first time, I felt like I was a mom. Like, it is really a human being growing in there. Like, it was real to me. Like, I went out to all the appointments. I saw the ultrasounds and, you know, I peed on a stick. But I, I didn't truly feel like I was pregnant until I felt him move. But that was way sooner than everyone else. So, and she was pretty far along. So, I, I know she felt like really devastated especially her knowing that Ragnar is expecting to have many sons and it sounds like they've been trying and she can't get pregnant again I don't know how long it's been since she had the miscarriage but um I don't I don't know what the the like what the rules are I don't know I I've heard people say it's easier to get pregnant right after you were pregnant I don't know but I didn't even have a period until like it was probably like three months after my miscarriage so I don't know how realistic that is if you're not even ovulating how are you supposed to have a baby but whatever maybe everybody's different but it seems to me as though that motherfucker looks like he's about to have kids by somebody else but I was also thinking it's possible like when a seer says something just like any other fortune teller they could be telling you something that's true but it turns out to be true in a different way than you think. Did it ever occur to you, Ragnar, that your mini sons might be children you, you, you like little boys you pick up on the way? Maybe you have a whole gang of youngins that follow you around and they look up to you like you're his, their father because you taught them how to fight. They could be fucking teenagers when you find them. They could just be ragamuffins and you whip them into shape and they look upon you as if you're their father. You're their father figure. I don't know. I'm not saying that's the case, but it could be. Um, so, I don't know. The whole mini sons. Like, I mean, you you got to give her a chance to actually produce the kids and then to get pregnant again. How many sons do you expect this woman to have? And then it's like, is it like, fuck your daughter? <laughs> she ain't shit. Is that what you're saying? Because <laughs> that's what it sounds like to me. Um, so I am looking forward to this next episode for the reasons I said. But this episode here was not very interesting to me. Um, oh, the other part that I really enjoyed was, okay, so we got introduced to another king. It seems as though he was a Viking king because he came up to Uppsala. That's where they were. Catechet, that's different. I knew that was wrong when I said it. Um, anyway, so he was there and he performed the ceremony. So he's clearly a Viking king. Um, that makes sense that they would have an earl. 
clearly the Earl was created, or I guess, I don't know what they call them. I don't know what they, what's the word? They, they don't create them, announce them, whatever. It doesn't matter, but that would make sense. So, this king is a Viking king, and then there's the Christian king. Okay, so, so that's cool. Let's see, and it seems like he likes Ragnar, because he said something to the effect of, you know, I don't really like you guys, like, going to, like, the Western civilizations and, like, you know, stealing shit, but I like you, so, you know what, you got my blessing. It was something to that effect, or at least that's how I understood it. It's possible I misunderstood it, like I said, and my eyes did glaze over. What's the other thing? And then the last thing that was interesting um, was uh, Rolo being a hoe and, and Ziggy saying, you brought me here, you wanted me to be with you, but you're not ever with me. He's like, I'm a good man, I'm a good fighter, and you're stupid if you leave me because I'm a hoe. <laughs> I was like, I, I feel like as, as an Earl's wife, it sounds like, her husband probably it sounds like that they're hoes anyway like I don't think that's why she was mad and she like the way when she said you know your brother is meeting with the king and I could have told you that and I could have fucking helped your ass if you was here but you too busy getting your dick wet you have all these ambitions but you don't do shit for it like what the fuck if you're gonna be a hoe at least be a smart one pick and choose when hoeing is necessary and when putting the dick on lock for a minute is more important because I got more important things to do than fuck all these hoes like I don't I don't understand Rolo she made valid points you are being stupid and some as someone who has ambition you should understand that being a hoe right now is not the time y'all got more important things to do um, I don't know what his end game is, but I do think that he has a very big asset in, in, in Ziggy. And I didn't think I was going to like her character because of what her and her husband did to that, to that dude who thought he was going to fuck a Earl's wife. But, I mean, she's turning out to be a pretty dope woman. Like, when she killed that dude um, that she didn't want marrying her daughter after um, Ragnar killed her husband... That was a fucking boss ass move and she did it like in front of everybody no whim about it fuck it if if they kill me they kill me i don't give a fuck she probably thought at this point I got nothing to lose my my daughter is not gonna die being married to your disgusting ass fuck you and i was proud of her anyway um i think that's really all i had i i'm about to do a long ass stretch so let me tell you this right now because I can promise you Sunday, I'm not watching anything. I have to work Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They have me off on Sunday. And then I'm working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So the, she really fucked me. Like, hard. Um, I hate this place. I I really dislike this unit. And I'm just counting down the seconds so I don't have to be here anymore. Um, so, pray for me. Because my last shift was literally the worst thing of my life and I don't ever want to experience it again so um yeah on that note I'll end it until next time love peace hair grease and black girl magic queen of the couch Mimi out that was queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode didn't quite like this one that's fair that's fair it was a much slower paced 
does not stand out amongst all the episodes and thus i gave it a lower score myself but it was fascinating if you're more into the historical side of things but it is still i mean it's fair to say it wasn't the most engaging uh storytelling leif was not an ericsson and he volunteered so they didn't choose him your eyes glossed over that part that whole scene he actually volunteered and it is eight sacrifice not men and women just eight human beings so yes uh, eight of each of those particular animals and then eight human beings to wrap it all up i love that you call athelston appleton every time it makes me laugh so hard uh yeah oh what did i i was like what did i mean by that statement right there oh yes i agree the women uh i think that's where i was kind of going with um that earlier um trying to really differentiate because on a on one hand yes you do have that and it's been consistent i mean i think we've even recently heard it in house of dragon the the bed chamber the i mean not the bed chamber but the the birthing bed is our battlefield that is the the singular uh consistent idea of what is a woman's job particularly in a position of power is meant to do but i don't but i don't see it in that manner as this being something needed as a a power and i don't think you were really alluding to that either which is why i didn't really link it close together right because they they both believe into this thing if it was just ragnar then it'd be like yeah but they both believe in the 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 seer's prophecy and i agree ragnar is definitely putting distance between them is not being the most uh caring husband some time has passed uh but this also happens to couples who grieve the loss of a child and it wasn't as if she lost it in the first you know couple of weeks or months you know he went off expecting to come back to a son and unfortunately they probably had a moment in which they grieved uh and i think there was a line earlier about the fact that they have been trying to conceive for some time now and so that also plays into this idea of okay i've been prophesized to have sons i'm expecting it to but then he wonders well maybe i'm doing something wrong that is not allowing that to happen there's a lot of things that is going on uh, that makes it a little bit more complex than just the matter of a woman being a womb a womb just uh to produce male heirs and if it's not successful then it's all her fault yeah totally with you and agree on that because that's all bullshit but in this particular case it is not excusing at all ragnar's behavior because he is being a bit of a dick uh but that's that's also what happens with people they (laughs) in relationships sometimes they're they're dicks to each other you mentioned siggy i think that you're gonna find with vikings as if as with 
expanse people are not one-dimensional here there's a lot of layers to these characters and um that plays out over the course of of seasons the layers to these people so those initial impressions while uh definitely relevant um are never the full picture so it it speaks to that when you say things like hey i expected not to like this particular character because she was against ragnar and here she is being seen in a different light and given more uh you realize they have more depth to them i am curious to hear your thoughts on next week's episode because i already knowing what happens have a lot to say shy is going to wrap us up here so take it away hey christina it's me shy i am here to give my feedback for vikings season one episode eight um before i start with my feedback for this episode i just wanted to uh respond a little bit um about uh my feedback for the last one i know we talked i mean we you said something offline and i was a bit confused about it after listening to the podcast earlier um i think uh, i think where i was i mean and thank you for you know bringing some information per usual um historic uh information to the table because you know again i'm i'm not a big on the historian side of things and all that stuff and I think for me, where I was going with that is just, I was just pointing out how silly it was. I mean, whether or not it's a practice in those times or not, I just, it is not where I was going with it. Um, I was just going with the fact that I, it was just silly. It's a silly practice. Um, and it's a silly thing to, um, and know to them, especially when, you know, it's like, it's, it's superficial um, in this meaning. Um, just, you know, a law. I mean, the law is silly. I mean, the practice is silly. I mean, we got laws today that are silly. As a matter of fact, I was just talking to a friend about that the other day about some of the laws that we have today are silly and how it makes no sense and they contradict things. So I, I get it. I just felt like that whole conversion thing, it was just, and, it, and, and I think what made it worse is the fact that, um, some of them, I mean, I know you said Floki uh, is extreme in his uh, radical, I mean, in his uh, religion. Uh, but even in this episode, it's just another example of them. I mean, they really believe in um, this religion. Um, I mean, to the point where they're sacrificing themselves, you know, and all of that stuff. And so when you, when you, have that when that when you have that image or you see that going on with this religion with the pagan religion and all that stuff and then you see um what rollo did in that in that episode it just i mean i'm just talking about from that point of view it just doesn't it just didn't make sense to me um because there are there are people who really i'm not saying those people do but there are people who really believe in their religion and they believe that doing certain things being a certain way um is 
the way to get to, um, in this case, Valhalla, to heaven, to um, wherever you believe in. And so just to, you know, just for the sake of, oh, yeah, we strike a bargain. And so you got to convert to what I believe in order for this to be legit. Um, Again, if that was the law, that was the law. I didn't get that understanding from watching that episode. So you explained it. And so, um, but yeah, so that was where I was going with it. Um, It's not like I felt like, you know, strongly one way or the other. I just thought it was silly. Um, But anyway, um, as for this episode, um, I mean, it had like a sad, sad, sadness to it for me. Um, I'm not sure. It, it, it's a combination of a lot of things. Obviously, the um, sacrifices, even though um, Leaf wasn't, um, and maybe because I, you know, he's in the other, um, I know another Leaf from the Valhalla, back in Valhalla, but he, he did play a role in this season of this show and I liked his character I mean it wasn't like oh I was totally invested in it but I still liked him as a character I thought he was a strong warrior and he obviously was a good friend to Ragnar um and you know a great fighter and all that stuff and I mean a part of me is thinking you know you would think that you know as a strong fighter and the fact that they do fight and they do um, go out and raid and all that stuff that they would want the strongest people um, by their side. But then again, I mean, I'm I'm assuming that they all believe that they're the strongest and the mightiest of warriors. Like there's no weak warrior among them. So there's no one is better than the other, I guess. And I guess that's where Rolo and Ragnar, they have their um, clashes at times because um of that thought process and you know survival of the fittest and all that kind of thing that they got going on but it was a bit sad to see him sacrifice himself but then there it's like it's kind of strange that Ragnar didn't explain to Ethelstan because it seemed like he specifically was bringing him to be the sacrifice and so the fact that I mean, I didn't understand that part, so maybe you can explain it, um, because he's not of their faith, and it seemed like that was a, an important part of the of the of the process is to buy in or uh, into what they were doing. Same as like with the, um, yeah, not the same, but you know, just like I was saying earlier. I mean, it's like you have to in order for it to um, to everyone to buy in you have to or for the in this case that they were saying i believe they were saying the sacrifice has to stick in order for that to happen and you have to have true believers believe in what is happening in order for the gods to really uh bless you with whatever they're going to bless you with so um yeah um then we got lagatha i think that's what you were saying her name um uh, so we could see that's, that's the question I was asking in my last feedback is how would this affect her, how this would affect uh, Ragnar, their relationship going forward. And we see that there's a bit of distance between them because it's just really important to Ragnar to have these other sons. I mean, his son and daughter are just not enough. Um, he needs more sons and he was promised more sons. And so that's like a 
big deal to him. And then the fact that Lagatha is not able to provide that after having this miscarriage is causing some a rift between them. And you can see her desperation and she can feel it as well. Uh, and so she's going to the um, Uppsala to pray for her womb to be fruitful um, kind of thing. And um, it's sad because you could tell that there was a lot of love between them and, uh, and you know, devotion. And even she said to her daughter that, you know, she, you know, when she, the last time she was here, she prayed for Ragnar basically and he was blessed with she was blessed with him um so it's sad to see how their relationship has is starting to decline because she's not able to have children at this point um so you see that Ethelstan um he ends up sleeping with um the the former Earl's daughter, Harrelson's daughter, and so he's drinking, taking mushrooms. So he's definitely uh, uh, changed from the beginning uh, when he got there, and and is not the same person he was. His faith is challenged a lot more as time goes on, to where, yeah, he still believes I get in it, but it's not as strong. I'm thinking, but I'm not sure. Um, then we got Rolo and Siggy. Um, of course, I'm like, really, dude, uh, I am who I am. You're not going to change me. Um, you're going to regret leaving me just because I sleep with other women. Um, because that is, I mean, they feel it's their right to be able to sleep around if they want to. And they said that quite well in the last feedback, I mean, last podcast. Um, so Siggy, but Siggy don't play. She's like, look, this is what I bring to the table. And if you want what I believe you, I know you want, then you're going to fall in line with what I got going on. So that should be interesting. Um, of course, she's talking to, you know, he's playing, she's playing Rolo against his jealousy of Ragnar. Ragnar didn't invite him to the, um, the King's, uh, meeting. And so that's going to be interesting. I feel like there's, that's going to backfire on Ragnar, but we're seeing a, you know, a little bit of change in Ragnar with the way he approaches things. And I feel like the powers get, get into his head because there's now this, he's got this distance between him and his wife and uh, probably more distance between him and his brother now that he made this decision of meeting with the king without him. So I just feel like there's going to be some, you know, some shakeups going on soon because of the decisions that he's making now that he's Earl. But I'm at my limit. Until next time, much love, peace, and Black Girl Magic, Queen of the Couch, Shy. Thank you, Queen Chai, with your thoughts on the episode. Some pretty interesting thought processes there, particularly towards the end. Um, let's start up top. Uh, I agree. The forced conversion is horrid. It's what they did to the Jews, and then they still managed to come up with the with the inquisition spanish inquisition but several other inquisitions because we force you to be a christian and by god you're going to be a christian and we're going to make sure you're going to do the thing that we force you to do instead of the thing that you actually are so yes i agree it should not be a sticking point (laughs) to uh to be the um 
the glue that holds the uh the pack together it's all about the idea of a pagan cannot cannot possibly uh make a pact with a christian only a christian can make a pact with a christian and so we have to go through this faux ceremony when and and the the thing of it is that showed the truth of it they go through all this faux ceremony and then it's the christian right um that is the first to break their word so that's a rather interesting bit of observation there uh so again to reiterate because i feel i have to here (laughs) just because i am usually i'd be so with you guys but on this case i agree that ragnar's distance is disappointing it's sad to see uh particularly in regards to his marriage because they did have and you know we've shown them to have a a strong marriage the only thing that's a sticking point between them is this lack of children lack of sons that he believes strongly just as much as he believes in his faith as we saw to the extent to which we saw that this is meant to be this is meant to come to pass so now he's uh, once again i think he's just considering what does that mean going forward doesn't necessarily mean i need to get rid of my wife it just means what it's just a matter of i thought that this was how it's supposed to be uh you bring up the fact that ragnar may be a little be the power getting to his head in this moment uh or at this moment i agree and disagree on one hand after all of the rather impossible feats in which he has in succession been triumphant it's hard it's hard not to right be a little feeling yourself uh like i I, i'm blessed by the gods so to speak he feels like thor is shining his light on him he got the baby he, he thought everything was going according to plan so when the plan seems to not be going according to plan well then you start to wonder am i losing the god's favor again this is the the thought process if you were a viking back then not to say it's a hundred percent uh ragnar's thought process this is just my interpretation um and not really based on anything that i'm you know i know that i have to keep my uh my commentary limited on some things but just in the the sense of just this episode everything i'm saying is in reference to everything we've seen up until this point uh so as far as his relationship goes i think that's separate that's a separate bit of change in the man than than in the actual power vacuum he finds himself now in as earl uh ragnar didn't seek to be earl he didn't wish to be earl he was it was almost as if he was pushed into this position because the earl harrelson couldn't let it go he couldn't allow for the tide to turn uh because he knew in in their society it's just not that way but i don't i think that 
Ragnar as an ambitious man but not ambitious to the point because of you reading his reactions with King Horik um he's not trying to seek land he's not doing things in a manner that someone once they immediately get into power attempt to do uh, he seems to be falling into the status quo uh, and he got to that status quo because he just wanted them to go to the lands in the west he wanted his people not to starve starts from that very simplistic thing however as far as ragnar not inviting uh rollo he did not not invite rollo rollo wasn't available to be invited and he shouldn't need to invite his brother if that's what you plan to do that's his whole point it's like i don't i don't need to handhold you i wouldn't i could now i get it if he showed up to the meeting and ragnar was like no you can't come in you have no place here but that's not what we saw All we saw was him there without rollo and from the conversation he had with siggy it seems like he was out in the sheet somewhere in the forest enjoying himself all night he wasn't aware of this meeting with the king and his brother didn't track him down because if you're out playing games and that's what you want to do why am i going to force you to be a responsible person or to be interested in the politics of what i'm doing right as 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 i was saying earlier you want all the credit without actually taking any initiative and no one should be doing that except yourself but you make a lot of valid points there is a change in ragnar because things are changing his world is opening uh larger (laughs) back to the athelstan thing um i know because back in the day and this is the only reason why i continued to (laughs) rehash it before i even listened to you guys um do this because while he was kissed by theory she just bathed him and then he was going to be sacrificed sacrificed um that was just one of her duties that she had to do uh, or she was required to do they did not have sex and that also plays into the fact that he is still a christian he was not even though he did the mushrooms even though he was in a he, he wear the garbs he's going so far uh i think the fact that he also did not sleep with her and still pure makes him you know he's still a monk he's still who he is uh (laughs) they left it up to interpretation but i never interpreted as they slept together Uh, mainly because it's never addressed in the future and that's why i'm just gonna squash it right now because i don't i and if you are a christian and you just had sex for the first time let me tell you the first thing you're going to be doing is chasing down that girl you had sex with because <laughs> one you're going to want to do it again and two uh this young sweet sweet person that seems to have a moral and good compass would also you know there would be a more of a story there that never did happen and thus i don't believe that anything did happen i think they passed the fuck out and that's gonna conclude and if you got thoughts yourself if you want to uh send in your thoughts to athelstan loses virginity this night with theory blackercouch@gmail.com. you can make a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease and blacker magic